This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. So today I'm joined by the creme de la creme of YouTube creators, best known for raiding universities, uh, interrogating students, drunk students, may I add, and uh, basically being the biggest stalker on YouTube. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, when you put it like that, it is technically that is correct information, although it doesn't make me look like the best. <laughs> so how are you doing? It's been so I'm long done. since I've seen you. Yeah, Tati's been a while. We, we met like a year and a half ago. Um, but no, I've, I've been well, just been trying as best as I can to keep things going um, in this, this time. When, and it's quite tricky because when your whole USP and your whole like niche on social media is interviewing people at large social gatherings, the banning of large social gatherings is, is, does throw a spanner in the works, but I'm, 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 I'm all right, just about. Good, I'm glad you're good. Because last time we had a chat, you were on 140K subs on YouTube. Now you're on 325K. So before you were doing like loads of street interviews and stuff, and now you're doing, you know, buying roundabouts and <laughs> a bit more out there content. Has your content changed because of COVID and lockdown? Because obviously you can't go out and interview people. One million percent. It, it's, it's COVID. COVID was the best and the worst thing that happened to me. So in March 2020, April 2020, I, I will admit I was freaking out. I didn't know what I was doing. I tried to put, put all of the, the interview-based stuff over Zoom and it just didn't work. Like it, the, the, the kind of rapport wasn't as good. It didn't kind of come across well on video. And so uh, there was a time where I thought, what am I going to do? Like I... I, I can't make my normal stuff, so do I, do I just stop making videos? And we've seen a lot of creators just stop, like David Dobrik and Zach and Jay, because they've realized that they, they know what their audience is likes and they've got their niche. And if they can't make things right now, then they won't and they don't want to force a new type of content. But I was a much less established channel at the time. And so I thought I really needed to, I needed to change up the, the content. And actually, I just got lucky in the sense that I had something in my flat um, that... I knew there was a story in it, but I didn't really understand how big the story would get. And that was trying to find the stock photo for a woman in a photo frame I had in my flat. That is mad because I remember when I came to your flat, however long ago it was, you were literally saying, I, there's this woman <laughs> in this photo frame and I want to find her. And yeah. it was it's really been, mad it's seeing that whole journey. Yeah, it's been something that it, it was it's never really intended to be a video idea. Like I got given the, the photo frame two years before when I first moved into my flat and um, me and my housemate would never could never be bothered to change it out so we just kept it in the frame 
and every single person who'd come and like and every single person who would come to the flats they would all be like oh is that your mum or is that your sister or is that a relative and we'd always have to say no i actually have no idea so it was always a, just a jokey thing that i would say with my flatmate but then i've realized oh i've got i've got nothing to film so i might as well film this journey and if i'm honest i thought it would take a couple of hours i'd do a reverse image search she'd be quite a well-known model i'd find her do an interview that's the video done but what ended up it ended up into a kind of a two-month extravaganza and she wasn't too happy at the end was she she wasn't too happy no um sarah i called i called the stock photo woman sarah that's not her real name her real name is something else but um it was a photo that had been taken 20 years previously when she was a model in south africa and it was a test shoot and so that means that means that she probably wouldn't have got all the royalties for the the picture because the picture is super famous like i get sent pictures of the picture in spain in germany all around the world of like her on mattresses her on the size of billboards her promoting like different brands and so she definitely hasn't probably hasn't got the the royalties but no she didn't want anything to do with it i can totally understand like from the face of it i look like some weird guy who was like on this journey to find her when in fact i was really doing it because it was something to entertain me and i think it was the, it was a bit of fun that everyone could get involved with really um but no the reason the reason for for doing it was purely silliness so it's kind of like COVID's kind of been like a little bit of a blessing in disguise you could say because it forced you into the kind of videos that you usually wouldn't like think of or think that would be possible so That's have you it. found it a bit easier to come up with content ideas like just being sat at home or or no no i mean what happens is, is that the style of content i've gone into which is more kind of story based and there's there's normally a big end and it's it's kind of like guy does silly things with which which end up being quite like which are quite difficult so i've bought a roundabout i printed my cv on on radio one and on my car sorry parts outside radio one and although those videos have done really well i'm super grateful for that you there then becomes this pressure to top it every time so it's it's a format that that requires m bigger and bigger and bigger each time which is really like difficult because you then get into a mindset of having to go bigger and better each time and and we've seen that's that's one quickfire way to lead to burnout like we see youtubers happening all the time like when they have these like big pranks or big stunts where they have to constantly set their hair on fire metaphorically to get a bigger reaction um, and so there is a part of me that get, gets worried about that and thinks, shit, I mean, I need to, I need to kind of make sure that I don't go over the top. And I've got a great kind of support group of people who aren't necessarily like fans of my channel, but are friends who will say, no, that's a bit far. Like I had a video idea of trying to get, intentionally trying to get a cease and desist letter from companies. And my agent said, don't do that. Please don't do that. It's just not worth it. And so that, that kind of like, pulling back is is what i need because otherwise you can just keep on going and because it, you need bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more views um it can be quite detrimental yeah so with your stand up you started mm. stand up obviously audiences aren't really a thing anymore i kind of it's mm. kind of illegal to be around people i guess <laughs> which is kind of defying the whole point um how have you been like getting around that how have you because it basically went from like it, you started and then i feel like as soon as you got the ball rolling covid just like happened so what yeah. are you doing with your stand-up are you like writing stuff are you planning for the future 
So I did. I started my stand up in December 2019. So I had. I did a few shows in December 2019, and then maybe like another five from January until March in 2020, and then obviously COVID hit. And by the time it got to March, I had about a 45 minute show um, that I was performing, and I was quite happy with. And I have to say that I haven't really done much with the stand up stuff over lockdown at all. I've done a bit more writing, but. What I've realized when it comes to stand-up is that you can write something, you can think it's the best thing that you've ever written, you get on stage and it'll absolutely bomb. And then inversely, you could write something that you don't think is very good, but actually works really well on stage. So I have written stuff and I've written a show that is an hour and 10 minutes long, an hour and five, but I have absolutely no idea whether it's any good. Um, and so what I'm gonna be doing is when we're allowed to, I'm, I'm gonna slowly do shows to 20, 30 people, to small, much smaller audiences to make sure that that, that, that show is really tight and really honed and then start kind of testing the buying power of my audience like being on youtube i've never sold merch i've never sold anything like that so i actually have no idea how many people will turn up to a show like it's quite exciting from that point of view and when i was last doing shows was in january 2020 and as you say i had 120,000 subscribers there i've now got 320,000. so i have no idea whether that's going to mean three times the amount of people are going to turn up to shows or want to see shows um so it is something that I've been working on and it's, and it's also just a bit of a future proofing for me because I know that YouTube isn't forever. So it's kind of like trying to learn different skills along the way just to make myself as safe as possible in the future. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of merch, let me just grab yeah. these, these puppies. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> for the people who are listening right now and can't see what I'm holding up to the camera, these are two books, rather, <laughs> rather flimsy, not saying the quality is bad with uh, Max Fosch's uh, tea towel on. Yep. Can you explain what these are, please? Yes, I've just, just as, 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 the mo as we're recording this, I've just released a video yesterday um, in which I took my friend's text messages, my friend's WhatsApps, and made them into a book, a poetry book, and sold it on Amazon and got it to, um, to be an Amazon number one bestseller um, in the poetry section. Uh, with the help of my family and friends. So Tati and Noel, thank you very much for buying too. Hard back. Um, and it, it, was purely, it was purely a video that, that I was, it was a video that I'd seen someone do, but with a blank book. And I thought, oh, how can I turn this into my own kind of style? Um, and it was a video to try and just showcase that it is really silly, like the ability to get a number one, literally anybody can. And Amazon make it so easy for you to do that. Um, so it was a bit of a social point, but also just a bit of fun. So yes, I, you can buy Clockworm by Charlie, which is an anthology of poems, um, and it's absolutely rubbish. What's your favourite? You, what is it? You like the COVID, the COVID poem? I love COVID. COVID's great. I also like Boyfriend, um, which I think is something like, Boyfriend is, I seem to have got myself a new boyfriend. I'm very, very up for this. Um, which I really enjoyed. And that people think that it was, uh, I, the, the way I made the book was just by taking line by line. So, but people thought that she'd actually written that, like all of the poems word for word, but it's actually just me editing them to, to make to make a little bit of sense. The poor girl, when you surprised her, she was probably thinking, what the actual hell is my life coming to right now? It's kind of, it's kind of the, the contract that you sign up for when you become friends with me, that there will be a point in which I will use you for content in some description. Do you give me permission to read out COVID? Of course, of course, please. I thought I had COVID on Monday night, but it turns out I was just hot. There you go. I think, I think we, can all, we can all relate to that. It's really inspirational, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, but somehow, 
how, you know, it's only how many pages is this thing? I mean, there's no page numbers for a first, but... It's the minimum it can be, it's 24. 24, <laughs> there's not that, there's not too many, but I just haven't got through them all yet. So maybe that's what I'll do tonight <laughs> when I've finished everything else that's important. Don't, you'll realize that the second half of the book, I very much gave up and they don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I can, you can start to see the, at the end, it starts going a bit downhill. It's brilliant, yeah, nonetheless. Um, so speaking about like kind of crazy video ideas you've done, you were talking about how you parked your car outside of BBC Radio 1 and mm. you printed your CV onto the roof, which is... <laughs> I'd, I've never heard anyone do anything. I, I mean, you hear of people doing like, you know, going to the offices, bringing the heads coffees and stuff like that. It's just mm. a bit of a step further, I guess. But... Yeah, I mean, A for yeah. effort. I feel like some people might assume uh, you having quite a large social presence that being able to get a job at a company like Radio One would be a lot easier. You'd almost be able to fast track. Do you, mm. do you think that's the case or, or no? I try to make it so that in that particular video that I was doing, that I was doing it a way that anybody could do it. I wanted, I didn't want it to be, as you said, I didn't want it to be, oh, YouTuber uses his online following to get himself a job screw everyone else. So I didn't want it to be that. I wanted it to be as much as possible to do it so that anybody could reenact this. Now I have been told to unofficially uh, explain to people, please do not park your car out of Radio 1. Um, but essentially the way I got the idea was just copying, someone did it in about 2008, 2009, where this guy had lost his job in the, the financial crash and he spent his last kind of hundred quid on a billboard, a really small billboard in his in his town that just said hiresam.com, um, which took them to a CV and, and he got a job. And so when it comes to these ideas, like a lot of them are just recycled ideas and on social media that happens a lot. You've just got to use, take an idea that's already been done and then try and adapt it or change it a little bit to, to add your voice. So that's what I was trying to do with, with Radio One. Um, but with the actual process of it, so I, I found someone who could put some stickers on my car um, for, I don't know, like 70 quid. And um, I just parked it and then I used Twitter to try and tell people about it because I, I didn't have, I was the, my least used platform. I only had a few thousand followers on there, which I mean, look, is, 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 is a lot. Um, but the, the tweet went viral, I think of its own accord, not because of the, the amount of Twitter followers I had, like it got like 30,000 likes. So it got like 15 times the amount of Twitter followers that I had. So um, I can understand that people saying, oh, he, he's only doing this because uh, he's got a following online and that's to an extent true, but I would hope to think that anybody else could do a version of what I did with Radio 1 and it would still work, regardless of your social media following. But like, how would you actually like pluck up the courage? Like even watching, okay, so I've, I've watched the whole video of you sat outside on the, on the floor. <laughs> you literally mm. sat on the floor. How do you like, and your car is there, and I know you like, what is the word? Meticulously planned it, kind of like yeah. for the right parking times and when you're actually allowed to be there. But how do you like pluck up the courage to do it and just go through with it? I think at the end of the day, I, I th I'm thinking of the video, if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm thinking that it will look it, like, even, uh, this is what I'm thinking, I think even if I fail, this is still a video, so it, it doesn't really matter, no, but like, to be honest, it is nerve-wracking, it is scary, and a lot of the time, like, I've condensed it into eight minutes, but I was sat there from 8.30 in the morning until 4pm, like, just with my car, all day, so 
it was boring and there was a lot of time I was thinking, this is not going to work. This is not working. This is not working. And I was calling various people, various people I talked to about videos. And I was like, what do you think I should do if no one turns up, if no one comes? And then when I saw, and I was lucky that I did stick around because I saw Nick Grimshaw and I'd been waiting there all day and I thought, this is my one shot. This is my only chance to get an ending of sorts to the video. And I just went for it. And I think it is because I have done some mad stuff in the past. And I, and I always think, what's the worst that's going to happen? If I get asked to move, I will totally do that. I don't want to break. I don't want to, I don't want to be a nuisance. I don't want to be a pain. I don't want to be one of those pesky YouTubers. But at the moment, no one's telling me to stop. A few people have said, oh, that's quite funny. So I'm just going to stick around and see how far I can push it. And I knew that I wasn't really doing anything wrong other than being a bit silly. So I kind of thought, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to tell me to move. So that's what I always think about when I'm doing something that's relatively ballsy is like, what's the actual worst thing that could happen right now? Exactly. I mean, you're not like breaking windows, are you? No, I'm not really breaking any laws. No. So have you heard anything back from them? Like what's, what's the latest with the Radio 1 thing? Yeah, so I managed to get a call with the head of Radio 1, Alad Hayden-Jones, who was very complimentary, he said, look, really rate what you, what you did, um, really appreciate it. He said at the moment, obviously with the pandemic, that they've, they've got no jobs. And I said, I totally understand that. He said, but you're in my mind. If I do... Um, if I do think of something for you to, to get involved with, I will definitely get in touch. But he said, he did say, um, make sure that you keep like the pressure up over the year. And I thought, well, well how, <laughs> what more could I do? I'm, I'm running out of cars here, Alad. Um, I can't really do, I can't really do the same stunt again because then definitely people will ask me to move. So I don't really know where it's going. What's going to happen is very much in their hands now. I've done what I can do. I've got the video out of it. So now it's just kind of a um, cross my fingers and wait and see. You need to get yourself an auto trader. Just like filter it, least expensive to most. And then bag yourself a couple new ones. Maybe some different colours. Yeah. <laughs> maybe spruce up your CV a bit. Maybe a different background. So also TV work. Is that something that interests you? I think we've spoken about this before, but I could imagine you doing well on telly. That's very kind. Uh, TV work, yeah, it's definitely something that I would love to do. I have seen friends of mine who have done TV work and like to my YouTube mate, Zach and Jay, they had their own show on E4, which like was, was, in, was incredible. I saw one of the tapings of that show and it was, pro it, was prop it was a proper show. It was big studio, big budget, Jimmy Carr and these big names and they were kind of two of the, the stars of the show. And speaking to them and their experience, I don't want to speak for them, but um, it seems that when YouTubers go over to TV, it's it's a completely different world. Like YouTube, you you are you are absolutely used to producing your own stuff, editing your own stuff, being your drone director, being your own writer, doing it all yourself. Oh, my washing machine stopped. One sec. Um, so you're used to being your own boss and going into a TV atmosphere and TV world where you have to read an auto cue, you have to be like good at taking direction, that it's a completely different world. And I would love to do TV purely from a, a diversification point of view. Um, but I, and, but I don't know, I don't know how, how well I would suit it. It would be suited for me long-term as well. So I'd love to do it, but it's definitely not the one thing that I'm um, gunning for. Yeah. So what's your opinion on kind of, I feel like in the past year or couple of years, that influencers, well, influencers, so-called influencers and content creators, I guess is a better word, um, being kind of shipped into entertainment, kind of like TV, radio. I think 
at a certain point you could argue it just doesn't work as you said because they're so used to creating their own content producing themselves and they don't use autocue and stuff like that do you yeah. think it's like a positive thing that influencers are like being able to because i mean they've already got a platform haven't they they've already got fans and that's kind of like a so say saffron barker on strictly she brought yeah. so many fans over to strictly that's so good for them it's good for her but what do you think about kind of influencers hosting their own shows just because they've got that following i think it will happen but we're seeing like we're, we're, it's really interesting because there are some content creators that will work really well on TV. And I'm, I mean, not to toot his own horn, but Niall is a perfect example of that because the, the, this is what you need to think, that the, the, the TV people want more people to watch TV. They are, to excuse my French, shitting themselves because they're losing a huge demographic. The, the under 22s are just not watching television or watching scheduled television. So they're thinking, okay, we need to get more influencers in here. They'll have a, they'll have a, um, they will have an audience. And so they'll bring that audience with them. Now, what they're finding is that these influencers can't do it. As you said, they, they don't have the skills. They don't have the, the, the things that are needed to work in TV, which I think is a positive because it means that the content creators that do have audiences, but also who can perform on television are then incredibly valuable. So I think we will see it happen more often, but it will be it will be a much smaller proportion of content creators because not everybody can stand on live television and have someone in your ear and have an auto cue to read and take direction. That's a, that's a skill. Just because you've built an audience on a different platform doesn't mean you're going to be good on TV. Um, so I and and my my experience in radio I think has has definitely helped that. Like I've got the skills of of being live on air. Um, and so two to three years, I am hoping to, to move into to that genre. Whether my audience is going to come with me, I have no idea. I only think that works if you are a really big creator, like, and I'm talking like five mil subs plus, um, because otherwise it's negligible. I've got 320,000 subscribers. How many of those subscribers would come over to watch me on television? Maybe 5,000, 10,000, which just isn't big enough i'm sure that. more 100 percent. i i i honestly don't i don't think so because what we're seeing is that creators they've got their niche they've got their they've got their type of content and that's what their audience knows them for so i was the bloke that made posh interviews with street interviews with posh people that was my thing that's what max does and so as soon as you try and do something else your audience is like whoa 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 what are you doing pal stop no you're the posh interview guy. You're, you're, not, you're not the guy that looks for people. No, no, no. Keep doing those posh interviews, please. And that's why so many creators get burnout because they spend two years making something. Then they get known for that thing. They then want to stop making that thing because they're bored of it. Their audience says, no, you have to keep making it. Otherwise, we won't watch it. And then they just get unhappy with what they're creating. So that was a long-winded way. That was a long-winded answer to your question. But I think that there will be more people who go into TV from content creation, but they need to have the, the skills to be able to make it work. Otherwise, there'll be a one-season one. Yeah, like the double whammy, I guess you could call it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good mm. way of putting it. Uh, out of interest, did you ever get any channels or companies, I guess, approach you for Street Smart wanting to like kind of take your idea and bring you with it? No. I'm really surprised by that. Because it's such like a no niche one... thing. 
no one gave a shit, um, <laughs> to put it bluntly. And I, I signed to an agent and, and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think, I think that Street Smart could be a good segment for this morning. Or like, obviously you, you adapt it to whatever the show is, but I think it'd be a good segment. Like we're seeing it with The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, that guy, Jordan Klepko or Klepner, who goes to the Trump rallies. And they do huge numbers on Facebook. And they do, I'm sure they do great for the ratings of that show. And I said, that's exactly what I'm doing. I just need to be put in front of producers. And we, we, we tried to pitch it a few times and no one was interested. And, and like, I thought, you know what, that's, that's okay. Because I, this, is where, this is what I've understood when it comes to social media and television. I found out that a show like Shipwrecked on E4, right, gets, this might be, this might be old data, but I, re, I found out that it gets about 300,000 views per episode. And that's prime time on E4. Now, Shipwrecked is a show that is once a year, basically. They have to send, I don't know, 20 cast a whole crew to a desert island rig the whole place insurance there's a huge cost associated with that and if they're doing one season a year with 300,000 views per episode and that's let's say a a 20 30 episode series that's between six and nine million views right that's that's so you're getting six to nine million views over a year for one tv show and compare that with a youtuber who i so for example i last year got 15 million views and so as a as a as an advertising company you're like wow we're spending all of this money on advertise on adverts for a show that costs so much money but gets a return of six million views whereas a, a, a youtuber is getting 15 that doesn't make sense so i think there is slowly going to be that transference of of money and of attention towards social media creators definitely yeah well it makes a lot of sense like those figures are ridiculous like it, 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 it doesn't add up like spending all of that money shipping all those people out versus somebody from their house i guess yeah and then, and then you've got you've got a conversation about the quality of views like TikTok, for example, like you can get huge amounts of views but your your community um creation is going to take a lot longer because it's all about whether someone in, it like engages with the person who's making the content. Um, so I don't think you can equate, let's say, 15 million um, TV views to 15 million TikTok views because they're different. But they, it shows that the, the attention is being shifted elsewhere. Yeah. So at the end of every episode, I'm going to ask my special guest, which is you in this case, what advice you would give uh, people wanting to start content creating, wanting to start coming up with ideas for videos and just get into the whole creative industry, I guess. I said... The answer to this question is the unpopular answer to this question because I, th I feel like people look at social media and because it's such an instant platform, like you can get any video of anything you like immediately. So people assume that, that creation, that creation and that success on, on social media is also is just as instant, but it's, it's really, really not. Um, and you get creativity and you get better by doing. Like you can sit in the classroom for as long as you like, but until you start creating or doing what you've been taught about for so long is that that's when you get better at what you do and um i think people are, are really concerned with starting with a bang they're, they're concerned with starting with an absolute viral banger so they, they sit for a long long time thinking of the best video idea they can possibly think of but it doesn't really happen like that you 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 grow that your ideas get better as you do more and more and more stuff like i've i found a mental stat out the other day um which which finds which which tells you on average how many views it takes 
for someone to reach a certain threshold of subscribers on on YouTube. Now, this has been taken by kind of all creators over, I think, 10,000. I'll, I'll put it up to the screen so you can see. Um, but for one to 10,000 subscribers, 150 videos, 10 to 100,000, 418 videos, 100,000 to a million, 1,171 videos, and a million videos, 3,800 videos plus. So it, that shows that if you want to get started, then you've got to just do, just, just create all the time, but also do it because you love making content. You're not going to be able to have the patience to wait that, ma that many videos if you don't love what you're doing. So I think you've got to be going into it for the right reasons. And that right reasons is just whether you love making what you do, because otherwise you won't get the success that you either want or yeah, you won't get the success that you want. Um, so yeah, I would say just make as much as you can and just persevere. Yeah, I guess making it for the right reasons is so important because I feel like audiences can see very clearly if you're doing it for the right intention or if you're literally mm. just doing it because you want a quick five seconds of fame. And you won't, and you won't be making video, like, although that you spend, so you might like spend a lot of time editing something, you might think it's the best thing that you've ever made and you might be made five videos before but it, it won't be, unfortunately, and it takes time to get better. So you need to learn how to get those skills. Um, and I've, be, I've got to be making videos since I was 13 or 14, and only now, when I'm 25, is it starting to pay off in, in, in a small way. Well, that's very good advice to anyone that's listening or watching. It's, follow. A, bit of a, it's, a, bit of, it's a bit of a scary thing to say, I know, but... <laughs> follow is, Mr. Fosh in your journey and you will succeed. <laughs> Uh, thank you no, so not much. At all. I'm probably a bad example of that, but no, you're um, a very good example. You're a very good example, and this is also a great example. The book is back out. <laughs> buy it. It's still available to buy, isn't it? It is available to buy, but like I, I, I've made it so it's the cheapest possible, so I don't make any money on it at all. As Amazon just takes the money just to, to for the cost of printing the book. So, um, if you want the book and it's a bit funny and it's a bit silly, please do. But I'm not, I'm not kind of pushing for people to buy. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been very interesting and it's been lovely to chat, catch up. It's been a while, no problem but hopefully we'll be seeing you soon in flesh. Thank you very much, Tati. All the best. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, 
the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.